0: Welcome to Slaking Thirst, a podcast that's all about bringing the thirst deep within our hearts for love and communion to the heart of Christ, a divine heart, who is seeking our love and communion in return. The hope is that the two thirsts would meet and both thirsts would be slaked. Today we celebrate the Feast of Saints Cyril and Methodius, while the culture at large today celebrates St. Valentine's Day, or Celibacy Awareness Day, uh, as we used to say in the seminary. And uh, I think my first year here, I I had the audacity to to preach on St. Valentine instead of St. Cyril Methodius. And Father Joe was like, it's St. Cyril Methodius Day. Okay. I'm surprised he let me have this Mass instead of uh, having it himself, the great High Holy Feast Day of the Apostle to the Slavs. So here's the thing. He and I, Father Joe and I, we are both uh, Slovak. I didn't really kind of grow up with an awareness of my ethnicity. My, my great-grandmother on my mother's side, my great-grandmother Ida, she, uh, she was from Czechoslovakia. She was from there, and she emigrated here, in, you know, the huge Eastern European emigration to the United States when that happened, uh, Ellis Island, all of that stuff. Anyway, I didn't really grow up with any cultural awareness of my ethnicity, um, no cultural traditions or recipes from the homeland that were were part of my childhood. It wasn't really until I was in seminary that I kind of became aware of, uh, I don't know, the significance of my heritage. Cleveland is a very diverse uh, city, right? And there's still a lot of ethnic celebration, ethnic heritage, pride, and all those things. I remember it was Father Damien, uh, who all of you know, Father Damien Ferentz, who was my parochial vicar when I was at St. Mary's. But he came to the seminary, and he was, he was always asking people, he would ask them, where are your people from? It's a very Father Damien question, where are your people from? And uh, it was in that context I began to appreciate, uh, you know, my Slovak heritage. In particular, I would say the food and the beer, uh, just to be totally honest <laughs> My first pierogi, my first sausage and sauerkraut, my first golden pheasant beer. Anyway, so it's, it's a pretty astounding thing, this celebration of these two, uh, these two brothers, these two missionary brothers, that the boldness and the courage they had to bring the gospel to uh, a part of the world that just hadn't yet been equipped to hear the gospel. They translated the gospel into the language, uh, into the liturgy that would be uh, accessible for the people. I just think it's pretty astounding that the faith that I have is, in some ways, you can you could trace it back um, through the generations back to the work of these very brave brothers. Anyway, so Still Methodius, pray for us. I want to turn our attention briefly to the gospel we have this morning. This encounter we have with Jesus. We see a Jesus who is—he's uh, in a—he's in a place of. of desperately wanting to be understood by those closest to him, and, and all of us can relate to that. Just the deep desire to be understood by the people who love us, this longing to be understood by friends and family, and the frustration that comes in when those people closest to us just don't get us. That's the Jesus we encounter in this gospel. So we realize the, the, the boys, have forgotten to bring bread. Again, they, they never can fish, and they can never, they never pack enough food, but here they have one loaf of bread. Jesus says something about the leaven of the Pharisees, the leaven of Herod, and they conclude, is he talking about us not bringing enough bread? He says, he reads their hearts and he asks them, do you not remember when I broke the five loaves for the 5,000, how many wicker baskets full of fragments you picked up? They answered him, 12. And when I broke the seven loaves for the 4,000, how many Full baskets of fragments did you pick up? They answered him, seven. And he said to them, this is the question. Do you still not understand? Understand what? This is the question. This is the question for us this morning. But almost more important than the question itself is the tone of voice. With what tone of voice do you hear Jesus asking this question? I'll speak for myself. I think up until praying with this text yesterday, the kind of tone of voice I heard in Jesus and the facial expression, that's the other piece, what, what expression is on his face? I would say up until yesterday, the tone I heard was something like, do you still not understand? Like, seriously. Seriously. Like, this is unbelievable. Like, how many times do I have to tell you? How plain do I need to make it? Like, are you really this stupid? Are you really that stubborn? Like, you seriously don't get this. Okay. I know I don't need to do a lot of major lifting here, but as soon as we make this subtle point here obvious, it becomes really clear, at least it ought to become very clear, that that cannot be the authentic Jesus. That's not the authentic Jesus. That cannot be how he wants us to hear this question. Like, he is not. He is not the exhausted, frustrated father who just got home from work after a long, hard day, who trips over the shoes in the, in the mudroom, for the 3,000th time, and he explodes on his kids. How many times do I have to tell you to leave, to not leave your shoes in the hallway? Just put them away. How many times do I have to tell you? Do you still not understand? That's not him. So often we take our fallen, I don't know, images of fatherhood, the images we have of God the Father. That come from our parents, or that come from our fallen experience of humanity, and we superimpose those onto God. And so like the lens through which we interpret the Lord comes through, it's filtered through the, the broken lenses of our own fallen humanity, our own fallen parents. But that's not his face, that's not his voice. Go back to St. Paul. That's not him, because love is patient and love is kind. And so this is the truth. Like he is actually he actually asks us. Like this question, do you not understand? It's not a rhetorical question. It's an actual question. He's actually asking you. Do you not do you not understand? What is it that he wonders have we grasped yet? It's this. Do you still not understand that I anticipate all your needs and that I plan to take care of you completely as I see best? Do you, do you not yet understand that I am your advocate? I have your best in mind that I can take care of you completely if you let me. Do you not understand that it's not yet, like it's not up to you? It doesn't depend on you. Do you not understand that I can take five loaves and feed 5,000? And the truth is, most of us, it's going to take a lifetime of learning that, of coming to believe that on deeper and deeper levels that that's true. Like, to answer your question, Jesus, like, I'll just answer for myself. I can say, I, I understand it more today than I did a few years ago. But do I really understand that you desire that I come to you in my burden, in my fear, in my sorrow, in my brokenness, in my woundedness, that I'm never a burden to you? That you really do mean it. Come to me. Do I understand that? That when I've completely reached the end of me that you desire to step in and super abundantly supply? No. I can say no, I don't yet fully understand that. Because that's astounding. Because who loves us like that? (laughs) Who takes care of us like that? No one cares for me. No one cares for you like Jesus. No one wants to care for you like Jesus. So we're asking today, Lord, give us the grace, give me the grace, to believe and to live it a bit more today. And to realize, like, Lord, you're not in a rush for me to get it. Like you're patient and you're kind and you will help me understand it over and over and over and over again. That you will prove your trustworthiness by being trustworthy. He's not angry if you don't yet fully understand it. He's patient and kind. So thank you, Jesus, for being patient and kind. Amen.